hello welcome to officially the shit show i am your host jamie a 20 something from phoenix arizona and like many of us i'm on a journey to figure out how to navigate young adulthood for the past few years especially during the pandemic i have been having many conversations with friends and family about this extremely difficult time and i felt myself wishing for some sort of resource that could help me get through it in my research i was really surprised at the lack of content out there for young adults that is actually written by the people of that age group and i realized there are probably many other people outside of just my friend circle who would love to have a community to support them through this unique time in our lives each month i will sit down with friends of mine and other young adults across north america to learn what obstacles they are currently facing and what advice they have for others who are going through the same things i look forward to having you be a part of this incredible community and building each other up through empathy wisdom and love Okay, I can hear you now. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Okay, say just like um sing the ABCs or something. Say something. Sing I'm them. Okay, A B C D E F G H I J K L M N O P. Okay, Keep going. Perfect. You are. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's perfect. Okay. Um, sound sounds good. You would um absolutely die if you saw me right now. So I think are you I sitting you. in your bathtub? <laughs> so I was gonna sit in my bathtub <laughs> because I live next to an airport, and mm. so I was going to, you know, and there weren't a ton of planes, and I was kind of thinking like, oh, okay, this is great. Yeah. But then I went back and I did a few sample tests, and you can hear this like buzzing, and I don't know if it's like planes ahead or what, but I was like, okay, this yeah. will not work. So then I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to my bath. I didn't realize is my air conditioning unit is in the vent above my bathtub so oh. that is also not an option so now you would literally gag if you saw me I'll send you a snap after okay. I am <laughs> so I got a bunch of extension cords and I am in my closet with the doors closed <laughs> <laughs> I'm like sitting underneath my my cardigans um in, oh in my, my god my like scroll suit so Actually, it's really nice in here. I should come spend some time in here other times, like in non-podcast <laughs> times. <laughs> Can you hear me on my end? There is some crackling. We'll just leave it in. Hopefully it's okay, but I was just going to see if there was something going on. I think if we include a bit of our um, our intro, it's like <laughs> we are literally in closets. Like, what, <laughs> what are we supposed to do? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, like, hey, this is what producing a free podcast at 20 looks like. <laughs> okay, so we have established that unfortunately the audio in this episode was not fantastic. Um, there were a bit of muffled voices. We had some crackling going on. Um, really, it was a total shit show. <laughs> so along with the lines of the podcast, please bear with us. Please have patience. Um, we will try to get it fixed up for next time. Um, as you just heard, this was recorded in not just one, but two closets on both ends. We were both sitting in a closet. So I hope you enjoy the conversation uh, and are just amused by the whole experience. And we will work on getting you some better audio going forward. But thank you for bearing with us. Thank you for your support. And we really hope you enjoy the episode. Well, hello, friend. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Officially the Shit Show. I am so excited to be speaking with you today and to officially launch the podcast. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. 
Yeah, this is going to be great. I'm really, really excited. Um, so I'd like to start with a little bit of an introduction, just so people are not sitting here, you know, kind of wondering who these two randos are that they're listening to. <laughs> so my name is Jamie. I currently live in Phoenix, Arizona. I work in student services at a university here, and I also do a bit of virtual assistant work. Um, I won't dive too deep into my own background yet, as we will have plenty of opportunities to get to know me over the course of this season, but I do want to highlight how Danielle and I met. So I recently moved back to Arizona after spending seven years living in Toronto, shout out to Toronto, the Maple Leafs, the Raptors, all the teams. Um, I miss Toronto so much. And it was there at our alma mater that I met you, um, and we have since become really close friends. Yeah, yeah, we met uh, first first year. So yeah, I never remember how. Do you? I, I, <laughs> I'm always like, I, uh. <laughs> I felt orientation, but I don't remember like the specific the moment. You don't in- remember the moment you saw me. It wasn't love at first sight, <laughs> but it did become love over time. Um, Strong, deep love, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I know we did this international student orientation um, yeah. that U of T, the University of Toronto, uh, had, and it was really, really great. I actually, we met many of our closest friends through that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we met we met Charlie, and I met my friend Shri Duke and Dash and Livy. Uh, yeah. Well, she wasn't international, but she <laughs> Uh, hook up with us very soon there in the first couple weeks so yeah it was pretty cool um and then we took a lot of the same classes we hung out with a lot of mutual friends um I feel like pretty much I saw you every day for four years when we were in school basically yeah yeah it was pretty awesome we used to do these our Tuesday movie nights um which were incredible at the Cineplex that's the Harkins of Canada for those of you in the U.S. listening um and and yeah Toronto was great and then we graduated and Tragically, you left me. You went to be a badass girl <laughs> boss in New York. Um, but I'll let you share more about that and kind of what you've been doing career-wise. Um, and yeah, and that brings us to present day where we are still not in the same place, but we are at least in the same country again. So I think that's yes, a- We're getting closer. We, we are each year. <laughs> each year, each job, we get closer. <laughs> I guess we'll be meeting some point in the Midwest. I don't really know yeah. where, but uh, we'll have to figure that out. <laughs> Yeah, so I'd love to have shared just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so as you said, I did live in New York, and I um, was working for a couple of nonprofits. I won't get into all the names, because it gets confusing, but a couple of nonprofits that are basically focused on international peace and security. Uh, and then I decided that I wanted to go to grad school. Um, so I made that decision and came to D.C., and I'm in grad school now. Um, getting a degree in what ethics, peace, and human rights, and still working for those nonprofits because they let me keep working for them remotely. Um, so that's where I'm at right now. I've moved here, what, in July? So yeah, a couple months ago. Here. Yeah, yeah, a few months ago. Um, and I was in New York for like two years before, so. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I know you did have, you had to work today too. Yeah. Taking time to do this. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. But as you know, I gave you a little bit of an overview before we started. Mm-hmm. You know, the the goal of this podcast is to help our listeners as well as ourselves, quite frankly, navigate the complexities of young adulthood, um, and specifically being in your twenties. 
So whether you're just out of college or you're fresh into the workforce, there's so Mm -hmm. many challenges that we're all going through at this time. And unfortunately, what I kind of figured out as I was trying to help find resources even for myself, especially during the pandemic to, you know, learn how to navigate these challenges is a lot of the stuff that's out there is like written by psychologists or parents, like it's not written by people our age. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, maybe with TikTok and all of that, like that will grow into a thing and maybe we will see more content coming from our age group. But Mm -hmm. I think it's really cool when you have these resources that, you know, are written by people your age or people who are in the same situation as you, because it just feels a little bit more authentic. Um, And I I think for me, like, even though I I did, I read some great books, um, you know, in a book club, I read The Defining Decade. You read that too, right? That was in our book club that we did with some friends. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're like, oh yeah, that that seems like so long ago, eh? I know I was still living yeah, in Toronto. Oh, yeah, I was like, oh yeah, book club. that literally seems like years ago, and it wasn't. Um, but yeah, we read this book, and it was uh, really interesting, written by a psychologist, and just talking mm-hmm. about you know her clients who were all in their twenties and kind of like the misconceptions that they had about being in their twenties, what they were, were not doing that productive uh, past these challenges. So it led me to believe that maybe we could create something about how to navigate these challenges mm-hmm. and, you know, and kind of getting through it together, right? Because I feel like so many of us do that at this age where we're relying on our friends and we're asking them for advice. But there comes to a point that your group of friends, your circle only knows as much as they know. And after that, you have to seek, or I shouldn't say you have to, but we likely are to seek help from external sources. So mm-hmm. I thought it would be cool if we created this kind of like dynamic fluid community where people could listen and share their own advice and stories right in. And we all share to create this like collective supportive experience where we're all helping each other get through these times. Yeah, I think that's a great um, initiative and thing to do. And like you said, a lot of these people who are writing about this, either they're older like or psychologists or you mm-hmm. know parents but they're writing about when they were in their 20s which was I don't know how many years ago right <laughs> so different now. like oh well I was in my 20s it was like this and making friends was like this and going to college was like this but mm-hmm. that, that, that's all valid information and that's helpful I guess because in yeah. some, some some things haven't changed that much right like in general some things haven't changed because they mm-hmm. stay sad but also things are so different now for our generation. So people telling us what it was like for them in their 20s, I'm like, that's great. But that also doesn't really <laughs> help me because <Yeah. laughs> things are so different now, right? Like a lot of that information, that's not irrelevant, but it's just, it's not applicable anymore. So. I actually, yeah. I love that you put it like that, that it's, it's not irrelevant, but it's just not applicable because times yeah. are really different. Um, yeah. And I don't know about you. I know my parents especially are, are saying things like, oh, you so easy with technology yep. or they're saying like it's really not that hard to go out and and get a job and all this stuff and mm-hmm. but it is you know and I think it's you know there's a lot of research out there and we won't go into that yeah. this is not it I mean it is an educational podcast but like a fun <laughs> one I'm not going to put out a bunch of statistics okay. for you um but I think many of us are aware that you know the reports that like hey, you know, costs are rising, salaries are mm-hmm. not rising at an equivalent level. And so a lot of us are, I mean, most people, you and myself included, like we have multiple jobs. And, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we do both live alone, but that's new things. Um, you know, newer for you, you had roommates until recently. And for me, even though I've, I've not really had roommates, I did have to make certain sacrifices in in my accommodations and where I could live to be able to Mm -hmm. afford living by myself and 
yeah, it's just, it's not, it's not easy. There's a lot of things that we're going through. And, you know, I know our, you know, for our families who we are connected with and love us and support us and we have a good relationship with, they're just trying to help, right? Everyone Mm -hmm. is just trying to help, but sometimes they're not able to provide that kind of specific, useful advice because as much as they want to, or maybe think they can, they can't understand what it's like to be in your twenties in this day and age. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're totally right about that. They can maybe sympathize and they can try to understand. Mm-hmm. They can't. They haven't lived it, so they don't really. Yes, yeah. sympathize, not emphasize. Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. And again, I, I'm I'm so excited to chat to you today about you know kind of maybe the some of the challenges you're going through, some of the misconceptions you had about your adulthood, and then maybe even just some advice that you've received that has helped you navigate some of those challenges. Um, So we can start with, you know, kind of on a broader level, like, what is one thing that as you were growing up, or you were concluding your time at college that you had, you know, what was one misconception you had about young adulthood or being in your 20s that you found out, oh, like, that is not actually true. That's not how the real world works. I think for me, the biggest thing, and maybe this is just because now I'm living alone in a new city. I think mm-hmm. for me, the biggest, I guess, misconception was how difficult it would be to actually make friends, you know? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> like, it's it's weird because, like the, like, the job, you know, job hunt, getting a dream job, obviously, I kind of knew that that wasn't going to be a thing. Although I will say I did get very fortunate enough to be able to get all these jobs and move to New York City and do the whole New York City young adulthood. Yeah. Um, and I was lucky enough to already have at least one or two friends who I already knew from, from undergrad who were going to be there and Livy and then uh, Tatiana was going to be there and then living with people that I knew. Um, mm-hmm. and that was great cause it gave me those friends, but I realized like during COVID when COVID quarantine hit and all of them fled and left the city, I was like, <laughs> I have no friends. And of course, yeah. pandemic, and that's different than we weren't supposed to go out and make friends anyway. But even then I was like, how do people in our age group make friends? And then when I moved here, it's the same thing. Like, uh, even in grad school, like, how do people go out and make friends? It seems it's so challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I've been struggling with for sure. It just feels so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Try to make friends. You know, like you're dating or something. I don't know. It just feels very odd. Uh, and some people, I, I mean, my mother always told me that, oh, you usually meet friends through school and through work or like the two main things, right? Like, mm-hmm. under, like university and then when you have a job, uh, which I understand that, you know, you go to an office, you become friends or by association with your coworkers and office mates. But mm-hmm. I feel like it's harder to make like genuine connections, right? With yeah. actual people that you want to be friends with and not just like, oh, I work with you. So I'll be your I'll be friends with you because I guess we work together. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the friends one is a great thing. I'm sure all of us can relate to that. I certainly can. Um, you know, I definitely. I never thought about that even being Mm -hmm. a challenge, right? Or something we would have to go through because your whole life, right? For most people who grow up and they're kind of in a traditional school setting and, you know, they're encouraged to make friends and it's really easy because you're seeing these people every day. You're getting Mm -hmm. put in groups. You have playtime, right? When you're younger, like people, most people have friends and whether you're you know the most popular person school have tons of friends or maybe you just have that one friend like we I feel like are conditioned at least speaking from a United States and Canada perspective 
that you just have friends in a school setting. It's all about creating community, right? It's literally about teaching you socializing, right? Like I work in education and we study that, like that is the point of school. It's, it's teaching you how to navigate the kind of societal rules and norms in a social setting. Like that's the whole point of school and, yeah. you know, to help you be a better citizen and participate in democracy and all of this stuff kind of long-term. And so it's just a part of the process. And then, yeah, really for some people, they experience this in college. Thankfully, I, I don't know how you felt. I didn't experience this as much. Like I felt very fortunate that right off the bat from this, that international mm-hmm. student orientation that, you know, I had you and I had my uh-huh. friend Tree and, Right. Like I know you, you know, you had Lily first year who was your roommate and we hung out with her a lot. And there was just so many people that came into our life. And again, it just felt very natural. And then, you know, I started to experience it myself. I think during the summers when I would go back home or that first summer I spent in Toronto and all of my friends were Americans and they all left the city. And, you know, I was like, oh, like, you mean there's not just this like, ready pool of friends Mm -hmm. waiting to like hang out with me like I was like I'm nice I'm social like yeah you know and I felt like I should be able to just make friends but it was really difficult and like you I graduated college and you know at first it was okay I stayed in Toronto I at that point had a lot of friends um, who were working in the city, even though all my American friends left. And, you know, I had a job where I had a work husband, Alex, who is amazing and still a great friend to this day. And he and I did stuff. And I felt like, you know, people from my extracurriculars and I did stuff. And every night I was going out after work, like, I'm like, ooh, I'm adulting. I'm going out for dinners and wine bars and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic hit. And, you know, everyone who was in the city left the city, you know, and like you, I... I was just kind of sitting there and Canada was really locked down and I was like, okay, like I have all these friends I can FaceTime, but like, how do you make new friends Mm -hmm. in your area or people you can connect to? And I think especially this is a unique challenge for us in our early twenties. And as we're kind of entering the workforce, because we are so busy, like we are all trying to survive, right? Like we are trying to pay our bills. We are trying some of us to get through grad school on top of a job. We're trying to navigate, you know, kind of adult relationships with our family and, all of a sudden we have this challenge that comes out of nowhere of like, who supports you through all of this? Like, and I just felt like, I'm like, where are my friends during the pandemic? Like, you know, like who's there to help me as I'm trying to like do all of these things and we're all just so busy. And I think it's, it's tough to expect that you're going to have the same consistency of interaction and not that your friends will, you know, be less supportive and less loving of you, but we're also busy trying to make it work and like have a basis of stability, but it's hard to then still create that consistent time for everyone else in your life to be there for them. Yeah. Cause you said, we're each trying to find our own way and find our mm-hmm. own path career wise or personal wise or whatever our goals are. But yeah. Yeah. That's been the biggest challenge for me for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I I have to share a story with you. Um, so uh, many of us might be, well, most of us, I assume, are familiar at this point with the dating apps. And then, of course, some of the apps such as Bumble have, you know, Bumble friends. So I don't know about you if you've tried this. Mm-hmm. I definitely, there was a point during the pandemic in Toronto where I got on Bumble friends. And it actually came out of that. Um, are you in the, it's called like, I think it's called Born Millennial. It's a Facebook group. Are you in that group? No, but I think you've told me about that before. 
Okay, yeah, I might have I might have shared it with you and yeah. our, our friend Tally. So I yeah. love this group. I love all the Facebook groups that are like our generation again because it's just like you can relate, right? Like people are sharing memes and their stories, and I'm just like, yes, 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 all day. <laughs> like I'm like mm-hmm. I totally understand that. So in this group, um, someone had posted kind of a similar thing to you to what you brought up like they were like hey I just moved to a kind of I think they were a small town like in Ohio or something and they were like how do people make friends like is there anyone in this group who lives in this place in Ohio like can we meet up and like you know hundreds of people were commenting on the post and I was reading through it and a lot of people were suggesting going on Bumble Friends and you know I previously had the impression I was like can people actually make friends that way? I was like, really? Like, does it work like that? Like, do people put the same energy into making friends on Bumble that they do into dating? And so I was like, well, I might as well try it. Because, you know, at that point, I was, you know, I was still in Toronto, like I said, Canada was very locked down at that point in the pandemic. So, you know, I left my house, if I left my house, like a couple times a week, and it was like one trip to the grocery store, and then I would go on a walk and that was it. I didn't live with anyone. I, sometimes I didn't speak to someone mm-hmm. in person for a week. Like it was yeah. very odd, especially like for me being a super social butterfly and spending eight years of high school and university involved in a million clubs and activities and wanting, you know, chatting with people yeah. all day long to like me sitting around, you know, strumming my ukulele, watching <laughs> Netflix, right? Like, right. you know, I was just like beside myself of like, what, like, how can I see somebody, you know, with following local guidelines. And so I knew of some other friends in Toronto who had moved outside of the city. And for them, they happened to know, you know, old high school friends in their hometown or whatever. So even though we weren't supposed to be doing big gatherings or anything, they would go for like a socially distant walk. And I was like, this would make me, I think, so happy to meet up with someone even once a week and like have a walking buddy, right? Mm -hmm. You know, get your Starbucks, go for a little walk, like share how things are going. And I didn't have anyone in my physical proximity to do that with. So I had amazing friends, you being one of them that, you know, I was connecting with over FaceTime and we were having check-ins and, you know, you, me and our friend Tally did that watch party on Netflix for Tiger King. Like that was so (laughs) what a time. That was so fun. Like, oh yeah, you know, but it's not the same as having someone physically there. And so I got on Bubble Friends. I was like, screw it. Let's just see what happens. And I was, you know, messaging with some people and, you know, I, I did, I did match with, uh, you know, several young women and we chatted and they were all very nice and lovely and stuff, but I I didn't find anyone that really had that like spark, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and someone that I was like, Oh, I'm really vibing with this person. I really like them. So for me, it was more worth it to spend my time, even virtually FaceTiming with someone like you who I was like, I know this will be a good conversation. I'm going to leave it feeling happy, loved and supported. We're going to get a lot of laughs. And then like, trying to basically schmooze my way into like a friendship on Bumble right Right. so you feel like you have to like impress them that's like the same thing as dating right I want them to like me I need to seem cool it's like oh what yes or if if, if you match with a girl who you think is like 10 times cooler than you you're like (laughs) oh my gosh wow she's so cool I want to (laughs) exactly why did she really like she swipe on me a hundred percent like that insecurity is there for no reason um so I didn't remember did you get on the um Bumble Friends at any time or you just known about it you've seen other people go through it I have a couple of friends who have used it and I think I tried Mm -hmm. it for like two days I didn't actually meet (laughs) anyone I think I might have like talked to some girl but I was like I this feels weird (laughs) it it feels like dating and the dating apps in general I'm not a huge fan of I mean we all do yeah uh 
I know. <laughs> I, I vibe with people more in person, you know, if I like meet someone in person, or even if I chat with them for like two minutes in person, I'm, I'll, I'll know. I'm like, oh, I like this person. Versus, yeah. Like, versus like messaging. I don't know. It's just, it seems so odd. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't, I don't know if you have this as well, but I'm like, I have certain friends in my life, won't name names, that I, I love them to death. Mm-hmm. But over text, we don't vibe over text. We are not yeah. the same kind of texters, yeah. right? Like I am very much, here's a million emojis <laughs> for you to just take in. I want you to know every thought that I have. I want an emoji there. I want you to know right. my tone. I want you to picture right. my face, my voice. Like, And some people are straight up like no emoji. It's yeah. just, here's your message. It's very short. And I'm like, you're not giving me anything. Like, where are the feels in this conversation? Like, right. Like I want to feel like we're like, blah, 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 back and forth. And for some of my friends, that's not how they communicate over text. And so it's hard to, I think, appreciate some of the, uh, you know, better aspects of your relationship and kind of the vibe that you have in person with them. If there's no way for that to translate into texting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I totally, I think that, you know, I'm not saying don't get on bubble friends because, you know, again, according to this Facebook group and like you, I also have many friends that have been on it and they have found success. And some people, it was really cute in the comments reading, like they like tagged their best team. We're like, we oh, met well, like, oh, yeah, it was so cute. Like we met on <laughs> bubble friends. Like this is how it started. You know, now we were, even if they didn't live in the same place, so, like now we're planning a trip post pandemic to meet up, like very, very cool. So there, it can be very heartwarming and it can work for you for sure. It just, it didn't work for me and so anyways the the story that I wanted to share was not my own story using it but and I for, I forget if I told you and our friend Tally we'll keep mentioning our friend Tally we have a we have a, a snapchat and a group chat and we message in it every day with the three of us um yeah. she is from California and uh moved to Toronto and we also met her uh we met her in first year right that yeah. actually we, we met her at meditation right yeah. Yeah, we met her and her her twin Taya meditation. So she'll probably be on. It's not both. Oh my gosh, having twins on would be so fun. It'll be fun. Yeah, that's a great idea. Okay, I'm gonna write that down. So <laughs> maybe maybe we'll have Tally and Taya, the twins from California, on the oh, podcast at some fun. point. Right? That'd be so oh. cool. Um, but yeah, I told you and Tally about this. I think, but for the rest of the audience. So I have these these family friends here in Arizona, and so um, you know, I came back here, and I did thankfully have some friends from high school that I was able to reconnect with. But like with many things, you know, there were difficulties in that. It was not, you know, I thought I would come home to Arizona, and it would be super like a super seamless transition that I would have all these friends here, and it would be great, and it'd be so familiar. But actually, what I found is that you know my comfort zone and familiarity is still with my home in Toronto and my friends in Toronto um, and my friends like you, Danielle, that, you know, were in Toronto, but are, are now elsewhere in the country. And so that's, that's been a really like interesting situation to navigate. And we won't go too much into that, but um, basically when I got back here, I was spending a lot of time with my parents um, and then these really good family friends that are like an aunt and uncle to me. And so they have, they have kids that my brother and I grew up with and um, their son and his partner just moved to Austin, Texas. Uh, a couple months ago and um, after they graduated. And so they were telling me the story of, um, or they were commenting rather, we all went out to dinner and they kind of were like, Hey, like, you know, Jamie, could we, could we ask you something? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, so, you know, our son, um, you know, he and his partner, they, they're, they're on, you know, this thing called Bumble Friends. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, we just, honestly, like, we didn't know they were swingers. 
And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, yeah, like they were telling us they created this profile, like a couple profile. And, you know, they were, they're swiping to like meet people. And yeah, we were just really surprised. Like we didn't realize. And I was like, realize what? And they were like, that they're swingers. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, and I realized that like, I guess a lot of adults don't know or understand that like there's friends versions of the dating apps. So they thought that their son and partner were like creating a profile and swiping on like other people to bring into their relationship. <laughs> and I, I was like, what? Well, like, we people do that, but not on Bumble BFF. They, <laughs> they do do that, exactly. Not on Bumble BFF. <laughs> and I was like, I said to our family friends, I'm like, it's literally called Bubble Friends. And they were like, I know, but we thought it was like italicized like friends. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, no. Like, I like, don't worry. Or I shouldn't say don't worry because if that's your truth in life, that's your that's truth in life. Yeah. Right? But I'm like, I'm like, chill. Like, they're not swingers. This was not like some realization and like admittance to you that, you know, oh, like we, this is how we're nicely playing that like, this is our lifestyle, which may be of shock to your parents or whatever. I'm like, you're fine. I'm like, they're literally just, they put out a profile to be like, Hey, we as a couple and they're living together. So it makes even more sense are new to Austin. We are looking to meet people like do you want to connect? I thought it was a brilliant idea, quite frankly. I had yep. never heard of, I, I've definitely heard, obviously, like myself, of people using Bubble Friends, but I'd never heard of a couple doing it. And I was like, that is such a great idea. Um, so they, you know, I, ha I haven't chatted with them, so I don't, I don't know if they've had any success, but I thought that was just such a cute idea. Um, but it just, again, it's another example of how, like, you know, what do you do? You move to a brand new city. And I think, um, you know, the, my friend's partner did have some family or does have some family in Texas, but, um, you know, they were both going there with no school connections, no connections with people their age. And they were literally just trying to find a way to make friends as they were, you know, also trying to like get jobs and get to know the city and all of that. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a tough one for sure. And, yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me, like I said, I uh, Bumble Friends was not successful for me. Um, thankfully, I did. Uh, I'm also in a grad program. And so I was, you know, again, I was thinking like, okay, perfect. I'm going back to a grad program. I'm going to make all these friends. I thought yeah. just like you. And then I get into the grad program and I'm like, oh, like no one is like hanging out with each other. <laughs> like yeah, no one does stuff, at least that I'm aware Yeah, because another thing we like didn't realize, and I know you've expressed the same, is like, you know, we just thought about it as like, okay, it's grad school, like you're going back to school, you're being a student, you're on yeah. campus. And instead, it's like, okay, but you're in class with all of these people, even if they're your own age, who are working full time. So by the time they work their full time job, they show up to class, they are exhausted, mm -hmm. like they want to go home and like cook dinner and watch Netflix. They don't want to be like adding in social activities at like 9 and 10 p.m. at night. Like yeah. we're too old for that in our yeah. mid-20s. <laughs> and, and I don't want to do it either. Like I know mm -hmm. go out and it took me like three or four weeks to make friends and now I have like two which I'm so happy about but I'm like okay <laughs> I have two friends that I like text I'm like all right that's good enough for me <laughs> but especially in my program too I mean you understand the whole international relations type Mm -hmm. where they're very focused on their career which might, it's all for it. I am too I guess but they're very focused on networking and career building and internships so they're not as focused on 
going out to the bar or going out and having a good time. They're like, I'm focused on my career and my, they're not networking. Like they're not here for it, you know? Yeah. 100%. And that's also a DC thing too. Like everyone in DC is all about the politics and networking. So that's what I've realized too, that it's a very networky type place, which in our age is very important. Actually, I've, I found that networking, you have to do it right. Like yeah. as awkward and a whore. I, I don't, <laughs> I, I hate networking because it feels so awkward, but yeah, same. as horrible as it is, like you have to do it. And that's how you not only, I mean, I guess you can make friends that way, but that's in the stage of our life career wise, what we all need to be doing. But I digress. My point is that all <laughs> the, in my program are really focused on that. And they're not as focused on building those friendships and connections because they're like I'm just here to get my degree and then go work for the state department or go work for wherever I'm going to go work for they're not necessarily here to make friends right yeah absolutely and I you know I was surprised and I think maybe the the third week of class or something like that uh we had a conversation in my first class that I took as a part of my grad program and um at one point we were asked uh, what are you looking to get out of this grad program? And I was really surprised that, you know, the first half of the group, which included myself, you know, we all said something kind of like, I'm not going to say it was BSE, but it was kind of BSE. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, we're looking to further education and learn more about these topics, which is mm-hmm. like all true. It, it is true, but it was like kind of like, you're not given any depth in that answer, right? We're not sharing our right. deepest, darkest secrets. And then this one girl in my class said, honestly, she's like, I just moved to Arizona and she's like, I just want to make friends. And I was like, I could have cried. Like, and you could see, yeah, it was so lovely. And like, you could see immediately every person in that room, including our two instructors. And I think actually that one of our instructors did get teary eyed. Like we were (laughs) so touched. Like that was such an honest, like Mm -hmm. she was so vulnerable to say that. And after her, every single person, the other 10 people in the class all said the same thing. They were like, you're right. That's, that's why we're doing this. Like we, what we want to get out of this, we might've mm-hmm. like applied to the program and gotten in and had different intentions coming in. But what we want as we've been like working and realizing how difficult it is to find friends is like, we just want friends and mm-hmm. we want people who we can relate to. And I think a lot of the people in my class had the same kind of, again, another kind of expectation that may or may not come true of that I'm like oh everyone is studying the same thing I'm studying so we must have common interests right Mm -hmm. like if anything even if we have completely different backgrounds we all chose this program and I'm in a very specific program I know you are too so it's like at the baseline we have one thing in common and you can start a friendship off that so I think you know when this was all shared in the class I was like, okay, this is it. Like, this is the turning point. We're going to all go and like grab a beer after this and just Mm -hmm. be like the bestest of buddies. And our instructors literally encouraged us to do that. They were like, hey, we're not supposed to say this, but like, go get a drink. Like, you know, go hang out after class. They Mm -hmm. both shared their own experiences of grad school. They took the same program we did. And we're like, some of our closest friends came out of that program because you're connecting on a different level, right? Like up until the point that you finish college, this is another weird thing about friends is you are put in this setting basically by force, right? Mm -hmm. You, and even if that's, you chose to go to college, you were not peer pressured or forced by your family, you chose to go to college. But as a part of your major, you still had to take certain classes. So there was this level, right, of like, you don't have as much agency as you think you do. And then you get into the workforce and you do have a lot of agency, right? Like, obviously, you'll still have tasks that you have to do as a part of your job. And maybe you have family obligations or something. But like, 
you have so much choice. And I think that's really overwhelming. And in your grad program, I think what differentiates that from your undergrad is that, you know, you go into it very intentionally. Like yeah. you yeah. want to be doing this. You are not completing a grad program because it's fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? like, I, yeah, people don't require it necessarily. I guess it depends on what you want to do, but generally it's not like this necessary. Exactly. Exactly. And obviously something like, you know, let's call it law school, med school to what you're referencing of like, yeah, you you do have to do it. Yeah. Exactly. But you're choosing to work in that profession, right? You're not like no one is forcing. Well, I should not say that. Maybe there are some students basically told, hey, you're going to be a doctor. That's it. You're going to be a doctor. But in most cases, I'll say the majority of cases from my experience in chatting with my friends, even of different, you know, backgrounds and communities, even if there's that kind of peer pressure there, there's some part of you that you're like, okay, I'm going to spend the next seven years of my life in med school. You're making that choice. Yeah. And so you, you get into the situation in grad school where you have all intentionally chosen to do this specific thing. So that's the basis there for you to have some sort of connection. And it's the first time in your life for most people that you are surrounded by a group of people who all chose the same thing. And, you know, they chose, it wasn't just like a hobby that you're like, okay, I want to play soccer. So you're on a soccer team with all these people that want to play soccer. It's like you chose to undergo this huge endeavor and spend time and resources and energy into this. And everyone sitting around you is doing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. I think that's a pretty substantial thing to base, you know, a relationship off of that you have this big thing in common. But the thing is, like, even after this example in my class where, you know, all of these, half of our class shared, they were there to make friends. The other half had gone before. And I'm sure most of us, I certainly was sitting there thinking, oh, I would also love to make friends. We just didn't say it. But then nothing came out of that. Yeah. And it's right. It's like, then what do you do? Because you can't go to, I mean, you could, but I, I can't imagine the reaction if you like went to the instructor and were like, hey, like, can you help me make a friend in this class? They'd be like, what? Like, are you kidding me? How old, how old are you? Like, this is a daycare. Like, you know, they'd right. be like, join a club. Like, you know, and thankfully, I like you, I now have a friend in the program, Brody, shout out to Brody. He is my main homie. And it is. it has been a transformation for me of like having someone physically to yeah. do things with. And I think even having just one friend you know, who you feel a kind of greater connection with, it's not just an acquaintance, someone you really, really connect with, that can be life changing in that moment, you can feel immensely more supportive and loved and cared for and feel like someone's there for you. And, you know, like, honestly, just a couple days ago, I so I, as I said, I, I live alone in an apartment. And there were a series of tasks that I have put off since August when I moved into my apartment. Okay, that was months ago. Because it just felt like too big of a project or thing to do by myself. And mm-hmm. I, my parents have already done so much for me in terms of like, you know, helping me move my furniture in and being there if I need something, you know, I go over there to like use their printer. Or like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm constantly asking them for favors and I don't want to, you know, be a burden as many of us don't. And I want to embrace this independence and, you know, adulthood. But like, there were things like literally I got this, like, you know how I always have those photo walls in my dorm. So, you know, you string yeah. pictures, right? Yeah. A lot of people do that in their dorm. So I always had that. And I had it in my apartment after I moved out of college too. So I got one of those and I got it with twinkly lights. And I thought, oh, this would be so cute to put it in my room and put up pictures of all of my friends from college and high school. And I was so excited about it. But literally the task of 
I'm, I'm short. Okay. And I have short arms, you know, the struggle, Danielle. So <laughs> it's like physically, how am I supposed to put up my twinkly lights in a straight line? Mm, because yeah. I can't reach that far, you know? Like, and I know, I know those of you who are like more capable engineers are like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, put a nail on the wall, get a tape measure, put another nail on the wall. But it's like, for me, that kind of stuff, like any kind of like handiwork and stuff, it's not intuitive for me. It is not a strength. So to me, that seemed like such an endeavor that I just sat there and my twinkly lights have been sitting on my counter, you know, the Amazon return date passed mm-hmm. and they've just been sitting there with my pile of photos doing nothing. And finally, I was like, I reached out to Brody, my friend from my grad program, and I was like, will you come help me put this up? And it was like such a simple thing, right? Like he came right. over and he actually ended up helping me like reorganize a bunch of furniture too. <laughs> like, I know he's a gem, but he was maybe at my place, let's call it for 20, 30 minutes. Okay. And the task alone of the twinkly lights, like literally when he got here, it goes, is this all you called me over here for? <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> like, it's like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll come up with other tasks, but like, yeah, I just want my twinkly lights up. And it was like, no, I mean, he laughed at that, but like, there was no judgment, no shame. He helped me put my twinkly lights up. I was instantly filled with happiness and gratitude. And it's like, even having a friend for something as simple as that for me in that moment was life changing for yeah. that week. It was this weekend back. It was a couple of days ago. And I now every time I stare at those twinkly lights, I beam like I'm so happy. And I just feel the love and support from a friend. And that's so powerful. Yeah, right. It's so powerful. So when you don't have that in your life, and you're used to having it in your life, that's a really hard thing to overcome. And I don't know for you, like, if you want to share maybe like, some of the thoughts and feelings because you've moved several times, you know, and for like me, like I did too, but it's like, I moved to Toronto. And so the beginning was tough, but then I made friends and it was great. And then I moved back to Arizona, which even though that's had some challenges, it's a community I'm from, right? I didn't have to learn, you know, a geography or a new language or new social dynamics. Like I'm like, yeah, this is Arizona. I know where my people are. Like I know what the vibe is. Like I yeah. know how to fit in here, even if I maybe didn't have the kind of seamless transition I thought. But like for you, you moved from, you know, Denver to Toronto to New York to DC, all of these very different places. Like what are the, some of the things in each city when you've moved that you've gone through of like like what's your thought process been, your experience been like of like, you know, that process of finding friends and trying to get some stability and some support in these new communities. Yeah. I mean, in Denver, of course, I'm from Colorado for audience members. I don't think we established that, but yes, <laughs> we did not. Thank you. <laughs> from Colorado. Um, but yeah, so living in Denver, of course, I had all my friends from high school and I mean, and middle school, my school was six through grade six through 12. So, you know, we had a, a established friend group for what, seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, more or less, you know, with fluctuations, but basically the same people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, like you said, that was because we went to school every day and saw them every day. And they were in my theater class. And so those were my designated friends. Mm-hmm. And then moving to Toronto, of course, again, like we said, I got lucky and met you and Livy and Tally very, very early on and Charlie and all of them, like super mm-hmm. early on. So I didn't have to branch out that much. And I, of course, you know, again, in classes, made other friends. Like I made friends with Liv and um, Tammy and people mm-hmm. in my courses. Um, so I never really had an issue there more or less. And then moving, well, actually after Toronto, I guess I moved back to Colorado for, for not that long, like six months before I moved back to New York. Not even because I moved 
in what June someone graduated so I moved mm-hmm. back and, and then I moved to New York in like August and like September so I really was only home for like three months but even in that three-month period most of my friends from Denver had moved so it wasn't like you you came back to Arizona and some of them were still there most of mine were not there anyway yeah so th- those th- I mean it was only three months but even then I was like none of my friends are here so I <laughs> out with like well I mean I had like one friend I think uh, my friend Rachel was actually home so I hang out with her like every single day because I didn't have any other friends there her and my parents and then yeah moving to New York uh again I will say in that sense I got lucky because you know Livy was going to be there and my friend uh, Tatiana from undergrad U of T was going to be there and then I was moving in with two people that I knew from high school not that I necessarily loved like I knew of them we weren't super close friends Mm -hmm. but I knew who they were so at least you know that comfort of okay well at least I know these girls and they're not complete strangers yeah Uh, and I mean even then though in New York I had like the three friends but it was really I a lot of the friends like had were mutual friends of other people like Livy like Livy's roommates friends or Mm -hmm. Livy's the friends in Livy's program or like when Hannah moved in who was my other roommate her friends would come over because she had a lot of friends because she lived in the area and went to school in New Jersey so had acquired a bunch of friends in the New Jersey New York area already Mm -hmm. So I would just be friends with her friends. Or like even in undergrad, I'd be friends with your friends, right? Because <laughs> you were the social one. You'd introduce me to people and like, okay, now I'm friends with this person too. Um, yeah. <laughs> which that's how it works for me. Usually I love the whole mutual friends thing. Yeah, of course. Like, okay, Great resource. So, right? So, so much less effort because you don't have to make, like, oh, I know you because you know this person. So we're friends. Uh, yeah, you're like, yeah, you're all right. Perfect. I'll add you. Yeah. You're in my circle now. Oh, Congratulations. <laughs> but then... Like you said, when every when you experienced this too, when COVID hit, every all of those friends I had in New York that I actually like consistently hung out with left, or mm-hmm. they were not around. And of course, like I said, we were in lockdown, so it wasn't like I would be hanging out with them anyway because we were supposed to be quarantining. But even so, I was like, I none of my people are here. Sure, I had my roommates, but I would have to Facetime with Livy or Facetime with you or people because I don't have any people here. Yeah. to do things with um and again yeah I would go on my walks and I would go to the grocery store and go to Trader Joe's and <laughs> maybe go outside and do stuff but I'm like it's it had no real friends there for a bit so that was hard but of course that was hard for everyone because it was COVID um yeah but then well, I mean the big shift has been yeah then moving here because I moved to DC I, I made the decision to go to grad school right and I was happy about it and I think like two weeks or whatever after I got accepted and like made the decision that I was going to go to AU I was excited and then I had a moment of like oh shit I have to move again mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it was like I hadn't processed it I was like mm-hmm. you know living my life in New York working remotely and then having my friends there and going out and we're finding finding a new apartment like sure but then it actually hit me that I'm like I have to move to mm-hmm. a different I'm not even like, oh, move back to Colorado, move to a state where I don't know anyone, you know, yeah. I, like, I don't know people here. So I was excited because I, you know, I like to go with the flow and have that kind of carefree attitude most of the time. I'm like, oh, it'll all work out. It'll be fine. Um, but I still had the moment where I was like, I have to move again. And I was very yeah. excited, but stressed. I was like, I don't sure. know anyone. I have to find an apartment. I have to like find all this, like figure out, navigate a new uh, social setting, a new it's another city. So I was used to the city life in that sense, but it still has been very different. But then, you know, I finally found an apartment, moved here. Uh, and thus far, yeah, it's been a challenge. And it's been hard for me, not only in what we've talked about, and like, actually, it's awkward to go meet people, but also in the 
just uh, in the sense of just being really busy. Like I don't have the time to like go out and be social and oh, let me hang out at the wherever people hang out to make friends. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I work. I work from home. I mean, sometimes I go places for meetings, but working all the time and then going to class. And then of course, yeah, then I'm not going to go then go out. And then on the weekends I have to, I'm tired. I have to run errands, you know, I have to do the adult thing. Oh, I have to go to the grocery store and I have to go to the bank and I have to Mm -hmm. go do the dry cleaner or whatever I have to go. Um, It's hard to like squeeze in that time to make friends. Although I will say there's one girl here who I went to high school with actually, but she reached out to me because she saw that I had posted on Facebook or something that I was moving to DC. Um, and she was like, oh my gosh, uh, you're moving here. We should totally hang out. Which, of course, I like my heart. I was like, oh my gosh, my heart. Like, what person? You know, like, it was like, oh, last one on me and this girl, we weren't even super good. I mean, we, we, were, we weren't best friends in high school. We were those uh, class friends. You know, like I had a few classes with her and we would always hang out in class and talk in class. I, she came to my bat mitzvah um, and I went to her like graduation party, but we didn't really hang out that much outside of school, although we were still friends, you know? Yeah. We got brunch and I was like, you're great. It was like no time had passed. I mean, we had a lot to catch up on. It had been what, like six years since I'd yeah. seen her. But it was nice to see her. And we went, we've hung out a couple of times. I think she's back home now in Colorado for a bit, but that's been great. That's, I mean, but still, that's only one person. So I feel like every state I've moved in, I'm like, oh, I have one friend from each state. I'll like, it's like it's about finding a group I think is the more challenging thing for me because it's like I can find individual friends maybe but then I don't have like the steady group you know of individuals yeah absolutely yeah thank you for sharing all that and I I think that I I believe it was actually in that book we referenced the defining decade uh which is a great book I highly recommend we are not sponsored by the defining decade if they want to sponsor us great but uh (laughs) I still, I, I recommend the book. Um, Good, yeah. Yeah, I think it, it was very, very relatable. Um, and I, I think in that book, it even starts off with, I don't remember because I read a couple books kind of about this topic, but um, I think it was that one where it talked about the idea of like the show Friends, mm-hmm. right? Or like How I Met Your Mother. And so our generation growing up so immersed in TV, technology, entertainment, anything, we all grew up watching this and we're like, oh my gosh, that's what it's like to be in your 20s and 30s, right? Like you are going to move and live that big city life. You are going to have a group of friends who are like a family and support you until you all end up getting married and have kids. And then you're all going to like do family barbecues and live in the same neighborhood. Like, (laughs) right? Like that is what those shows taught us. And that's a really hard thing, especially when you're, you know, you and I are are definitely the on the type A side. So, you know, for us, like, we have certain expectations. And maybe it's not always easy when we find out those expectations do not, you know, come to fruition. And so when we have these expectations that we're going to graduate, and we're going to move to wherever we move, and we're going to be just like absolutely killing it in our careers. And then we're going to have, you know, this group of friends, and it's going to be incredible. And then we're like, where are these people? How do I find these people? Like, do I put a sign up in my window and I'm like, call for inquiries? Like, (laughs) so like, do I get on Bumble Friends? Are there like, you know, friend dating events I can head locally? Like, and I'm like, where, where are the resources? You know, at least in college, which college is very overwhelming depending on where you go because of how big it is and all these resources. And there's almost too many resources to deal with. But like, you know, 
you get to college and at least if you're like, okay, I'm struggling to make friends. Okay, well, I'm going to go look up how to join a club, right? Like you have this kind of intuition about how to navigate the system. But I feel like there's not intuition for most people our age on how to navigate the system of young adulthood. Like right. you're just kind of thrown into it. And then you're sitting there thinking like, okay, so like, this is where I'm at. This is how I'm feeling. I want to fix this problem. I'm willing to put in work to fix this problem, but I don't even know where to start. And that is the problem. And I think like, that is also that whole idea is what kind of makes this podcast um, really exciting to me, because I hope what comes out of this is a community of people, you know, young adults, 20-somethings who we all are sharing what we've learned, what we've experienced, the resources that have been helpful for us in our journey so we can all help each other navigate this system Mm -hmm. because otherwise we're just kind of all left scrambling around individually. And as you mentioned, right, like you can find individual friends, but you want a group, right? Like you want a group of friends, you want that family, you want your like, what do they call it, your ride or dies, like yeah. you want a few of those <laughs> thrown in there, like, I you know, yeah, hard. go ahead. It's like an undergrad, we, I did have that, I had you and Tally and then Antonella would hang out with us, you know, we would mm-hmm. have that, we'd go to the Christmas market, right, we would go yeah. to the oh, yeah. market, we go to like dinners and we go out, like we had that group and then all of a sudden just not, like I still have you guys, but you're not here, obviously, right, so it's not like I can come home from work or it's like you know like friends you don't you come home from work and everyone's already in your apartment on the couch you're like oh work sucked today because of x y and z and then you hang mm-hmm. out right like I don't ha- have having that and then not having that it's like it's very difficult you know yeah absolutely it is so I guess where I would love to conclude is you know in this conversation about making friends how difficult that has been um, obviously, well, as I know, because I have some insight into your life um, with how much we communicate, <laughs> you you have been successful in making friends. So even though 100% mm-hmm. still acknowledging that it is a difficult time, maybe you do not have as many close friends as you want, or you don't have that kind of family um, of friends who are, you know, that you can go over and, you know, have a glass of wine with and kind of debrief your days with, like, what? advice or you know what experience have you had that's taught you like a way to help navigate this so if you were you know not to ask the kind of like what advice do you have for your younger self but like you know (laughs) I know we're all tired of that but you know I I do think reflection is really important I've done a lot of reflecting during the pandemic Mm -hmm. I know you have too it's it's really important to understanding yourself and what you want and how to go after it and in this case of friends um, you know, for anyone out there listening who maybe they're, you know, you and I are 24. So we've been a couple years yeah. into the workforce out of college for folks who are just graduating and maybe they are, they've got a job offer. Okay. Let's say they're graduating in December. They've got a job offer in January. They're moving to New York. They're moving to DC. They're moving to a super small town in the middle of nowhere and they don't know anyone. What would you say to them? Like, even if maybe you don't have all the answers, what are maybe some answers that you could give them for like, where do they even start with making friends? I think, I mean, assuming they're not going to be in a school setting, because that, of course, then you said you try to make friends with the people you're going to see most days. But I think, honestly, social media is a great tool 
in terms of making friends or like you said the Facebook groups or even yeah we said Bumble BFF hasn't worked for us but I actually haven't tried it so that's not fair um, <laughs> but, but using those tools and using Facebook groups and using social media to reach out to people and I think as awkward as it is like if you're out and about say you're out running errands like what I've had to learn is don't wear my headphones all the time and listen to music because then I'm not going to be approachable. And if some, like some girl in Target the other day complimented my pants and I couldn't hear her at first because I had my headphones in. And then I was like, <laughs> why is a person talking to me? And then I took them off and she was like, oh, I like your pants. And I was like, oh, okay. And we had the whole conversation. So I think making yourself appear approachable when you're out in public, I guess that's just a personal preference thing for me because I'm so used to, you know, the New Yorker and me, okay have your headphones in move fast don't talk to people but it's just about interacting with people on the street because who knows you might meet your new best friend in like the grocery store when you're both looking at the like vegetables or looking at like the cake or something you know um yeah or the kind of that injuries to cry yeah, over. yeah exactly like making yourself like being approachable when you go out and just kind of talking to people um not in a creepy way but okay yeah you're walking down the street you see a girl you like her shoes just say hey like I really like your shoes or you think her hair looks really nice they compliment each other you know um you're in an elevator and you see someone's outfit you're like oh you look really cute today or like ask them how their day is going you know uh it feels awkward but that's what you have to do right yeah absolutely and it's funny how much it kind of mirrors dating as we get yeah. older, right? Like it's, there's not this separation anymore of like, oh, well, these are obviously friends because you met yeah. them in a school setting. And, you know, it wasn't like at some romantic dance, like you were just classmates or something. Like it kind of sets this precedent that, okay, you're friends off the bat. And then you get into the real world and the precedent is, well, you're actually strangers. Yeah. So now you're reaching out to strangers to like get them in your life. And if you say it like that, people are like, oh, that's kind of weird, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, it's like, as you said, don't be creepy about it. Like, right. you know, but I, I think that's really important what you said. And yeah, I guess from, from everything you've shared, which has been wonderful. So again, thank you so much. Like, you know, and how our conversation went, it seems like kind of the, the takeaways are, you know, embrace the awkward 100%. Mm -hmm, yeah. Um, make yourself approachable. I think that's great advice. That's so, so true. Um, make yourself approachable. Um, I found like in my grad classes, for example, I I was always choosing to sit in like the last back row by mm -hmm. myself. And it wasn't because I didn't want to talk to people. It's because I was nervous to talk yeah. to people, right? And put myself out there. And so this last week, I decided to sit. I was still in the back row by myself, but the group of uh, women that sit in front of me, they sat kind of on the left side. I was on the right side. I moved to the left side. Instantly, I sat yeah. down and one of them turned around and was like, hey. And I, right. whoa, oh, you mean I could have <laughs> talked to people from week one if I had just sat near them? Like, right. you know, and it, it seems like so obvious, but it's really not because we let these feelings of insecurity and doubt yeah. get in the way of this, right? So I think, yeah, that's great advice. Be approachable. Embrace the awkward 100%. Um, and again, like for all of you out there who are listening, the point of this is to build each other up. So if you have gone through this, if you are like a super successful friend maker, maybe you're a friend matcher, <laughs> do those exist? I don't know, but I would sign up and subscribe. Me so a hundred percent, that's actually a great idea. <laughs> Anyone who has an entrepreneurial spirit, get on it. I don't need any money, but definitely credit Danielle and I, when you make your first billion dollars. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like you know, if you do have advice and you've had a tip that has worked for you or you've gotten advice from a family member, a friend, whatever, please share it with us. 
and we will share it with all of you. So you can, you know, direct message us. We're on Facebook, Instagram as officially the shit show. You can also email us officially the shit show at gmail.com. But yeah, please reach out with what is help for you because we really want to create a community here and share all this advice. Like let's stop doing this by ourselves. Even if we are meant to think that we're supposed to be doing it by ourselves, just because you're independent and you're able to like thrive as a young adult does not mean that you are doing that by yourself. Right. Like it means you have to. Yeah, you don't have to. It's yeah. you are surrounded by a really supportive group of people who are helping to build you up and that's exactly what we want to do here. So yeah, Daniel, seriously, thank you so much. I think you had some really great insight and I appreciate you sharing your experiences. Um, I know it is not easy to be put in the hot seat, especially when you were <laughs> the first ever guest on a podcast. So <laughs> I, I yeah, I, I appreciate your brilliance. Um, and I'm I'm so grateful for you as always and our friendship. And I'm really happy we got to do this together. Um, are there, you know, if any listeners out there, they want to see what you're up to? Because even though you did not talk about it, Danielle is a very humble listener. She's very <laughs> humble. But she does some actually really cool work. Like her job is super impressive. So um, if people want to follow you, I know you you do write for some publications and blogs and all yeah. of that. You've got your website, your social media. Where can they find you? Uh, well, my social media, it's just my name. I'm very not creative in that sense. My, <laughs> my, my handle is just uh, Danielle underscore Samler. So Danielle, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E and then underscore S-A-M-L-E-R. And that's on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and then in well Facebook, but those are the main two that I and LinkedIn, but like I don't know if it's gonna be adding me on LinkedIn, but yeah, don't be bombarding her with requests on every platform, please. Um, but if you are there to to connect with her or you, you know, want advice or you have advice to share, whatever, that's where you can find her. Um and then anything about your work, if you feel comfortable sharing it of where they can read your work. Danielle's an incredible writer and she's got some stuff out there. Yeah, um I think I haven't updated my website. My website is just daniellesamler.com. Uh, and yeah, like I said, I, I work for a few NGOs, mainly on international peace and security. So we have like humanitarian disarmament work, uh, cybersecurity, uh, human rights. Um, but yeah, you can check out my website there, which is just my name, and then .com. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Yeah, honestly, I cannot encourage it enough. Um, she does do really cool work, even though she chose not to talk about it on this podcast. That's <laughs> <laughs> too long. <laughs> I, it really would, explaining all the acronyms and everything. It truly would. But yeah, you, you're incredible. And I'm always in awe of you and what you're doing. And seriously, thank you so much again for doing this with me. Yeah, thank you for having me. I had a great time. Well, friend, I love you so much. And I'm sure we'll, we'll probably text or snap later today, in fact. But um, I hope we chat again soon. And if this podcast does take off, crossing my fingers, doing all the 11-11 wishes, um, we will have to have you on again sometime in the future. Yeah, sure. That'd be great. Yeah. All right. Bye, friends. Love you. Bye. I love you, too. Well, I don't know about the rest of you, but I absolutely loved that conversation. It was so wonderful, not just because Danielle is a dear friend of mine, but also because I really enjoyed hearing her perspectives on making friends as a young adult, and also some of the ways in which we can get out of our comfort zone and meet people in a time of really limited physical interaction. Again, please reach out to us at officially the shit show on Instagram and Facebook or officially the shit show at gmail.com via email and share any and all advice that's helped you build friendships and a supportive community around you. 
Over the course of the next few weeks, I'll be sure to post some of the advice on our social media so that all of our listeners and every young adult out there has the chance to learn from your mistakes and hopefully avoid some of their own. We are in this together, and I am so grateful for your support and participation. I can't wait to continue connecting with you, and I can't wait for you to meet our next guest. Stay safe, everyone. See you next time.